Hi, this is Margie Geiler Alanis. This week on Shining Bright, it's all about entrepreneurs. I'm talking to two women who have built solid, sustainable, and successful businesses in industries that have traditionally been male. From Megan McKay of Peastree Brewing to Christy Jones of R. Jones Collision One, an auto body shop, these inspiring women are going to be on Shining Bright by Farmer Saturday at noon and Sunday at 2 p.m. Eastern on Rural Radio 147 and the Sirius XM app. Welcome to Shining Bright, the Farm Her radio show all about women doing great things. Women who are making the ordinary extraordinary. Women following their passion, taking action, and making a difference for themselves and others. Join me, Margie, as your host on Shining Bright by Farm Her. Hello and welcome to Shining Bright. We have got an episode lined up today that um, I, I know matters to many of you out there. One of the most frequent questions that I get when I go to an event or somewhere where you all are is, how did you do this? And I have this idea what can I do to try to get started with it? And so today's episode is about women entrepreneurs. We're going to be doing a series of these throughout um, this fall. And um, I hope that you can find some inspiration in their stories. They vary, right? They vary from people who are um, in a family business and have made their start that way and maybe gone on to grow it or change it in some way, shape or form. Or there are people maybe like me who just kind of like threw something out in the world, right? So in that vein, I'm going to tell you guys real briefly about my entrepreneurial story in, you know, uh, four minutes here before we get into the stories of Megan McKay and Christy Jones, two women who I uh, have met in my world. I am very fond of and uh, proud to say I know them and they have very visible, uh, well-functioning, sustainable businesses. So with that, um, my name is Margie. As you know, uh, I used to work in corporate agriculture out of college with a graphic design uh, journalism and photography minor, I started working in the insurance industry in agriculture. And so my career started uh, with those 11 years spent um, in and around agriculture, but also functioning in a business role. And so I had gotten to a point in 2013 where I needed a change. And I'm sure we've all felt this, right? Like I needed a big change. And so um, I jumped off the boat and I had the support. I, I will tell you very honestly, I, I didn't do this with like just granted we had savings, right? But I did this with the support of my husband. I had another person in my world that I could rely on in that period of time while I was figuring out what I was going to do next. And so that was one major key for me. It really was having that support there because if that wasn't there, I wouldn't have been able to make that change. But I made a very big change. That's always not necessary. But in my case, it was because that's just how I function. You know, that that bubble of support, that bubble of security that I was in with my job needed to change for me to change my world. And so I jumped off that boat and uh, quickly found a new boat to build, I guess, in Farm Her. So I saw a commercial that spurred the thinking in me that we need to see more of what women do in agriculture. And that um, festered, it grew. April 2013, I went and took my first pictures at a farm. And really at that point, you guys, it was this idea of a project. And I had like all these thoughts and all these ideas. And I had to rein myself back in all the time. And again, back to my husband, he would, I would say, you know what, I can't do this. Like this is, this is too much, too big. I don't know where to go. And he would go, just do one thing, just do one thing and put it out there. So my one thing became, I'm going to take pictures of seven or eight people. I'm going to create this very basic website. I did it on my own. It cost literally almost no money, you guys. And uh, words and a blog, photos that I took and I put them out there. I created social media pages. Again, I didn't hire a consultant. I didn't go out there and try to figure out the best way to do this. I just put it out there. And the funny thing is the most growth that we've had in our social media was definitely in that first year. It just spiraled. And that was maybe a time when Facebook allowed things to go further, right? But um, it it became kind of this organic thing. So again, a very basic blog, photos shared, social media, Facebook, Instagram, and not like a real big plan, but putting it out there. And then seeing the reaction that people had and kind of taking a step back and going, okay, 
I like this. I like what I'm doing with this. I want to keep doing this. I want this to keep being out there. So then stopping and going to the Small Business Development Center here in Central Iowa, which is in every state across the country. It is a free resource, you guys. Even if they aren't going to give you the golden ticket of how to create a sustainable business, it is one step in your journey of confidence. And you will hear from these women that we're going to talk to It's all about those steps to create that confidence. I remember thinking, there's no way I could do this. And then I went in there and I created a business plan and I started marching forward at it. And it might not have been the right business plan at first. It's grown and changed a lot over the years, but it was something to get started. So a plan matters. Your uh, network matters. I started going and speaking at events. I started telling people about this. Any way that I could to get it out there, I cared about it so much, you guys. And and so uh, the two things I want to leave you with are, make a step, make some sort of step forward, reach out to a circle around you of people. They don't need to be expensive. It can be a free resource, but help put that out there and and kind of gain a plan for that. And that does build your confidence, you guys. It really, really does. So the ball just rolls from there if you keep pushing it. So with that, stick with us here on Shining Bright. We're going to be talking to a few really cool women in the upcoming segments. And I can't wait for you to hear their stories We'll be right back here on Shining Bright. This is Katie Crow, owner of Uplift Fitness Studio. Uplift Fitness Studio is a boutique fitness studio located right in the heart of Grimes, Iowa, in the Governor's District. Uplift offers a variety of group fitness classes, such as yoga, cardio, Zumba, bar, and strength classes. All new students can get their first week free with no obligation. At Uplift Fitness, we are passionate about uplifting women in our community to be strong, healthy, and happy. We strive to make a difference in their lives by creating an environment that allows our members to obtain their fitness goals and enjoy their experience in comfort and safety. Visit our website today at www.upliftfitnessstudio.com. Welcome back to Shining Bright. Uh, This is a fun episode and something that I've kind of had in my back pocket and wanted to do for a while. Um, We are going to be talking with Megan McKay of Peastree Brewing. Welcome, Megan. Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah. So we have actually talked about you on our show before. Um, Sorry, I feel kind of bad and weird saying that, but you have come (laughs) up as a a conversation um, with another farm her who like thinks that you are an amazing person. And um, I was like, I need to, I need to meet her. So I found myself at an event uh, just recently and you won an award there. And so I was that person who beelined for you afterwards and was like, I need to meet you. Um, So I'm glad that you are uh, here with us on Shining Bright today. Finally. Um, so let's, uh, let's introduce you to our audience. Uh, if you could tell everybody who you are and maybe, maybe start with a little bit of your background. Um, we're, we're going to lead up to obviously you, you own a business, you are an entrepreneur, but tell us a little bit about the path that got you there. Sure. Um, yeah. So I was born and raised in Knoxville, Iowa. Um, my family was in the insurance business and, I left town right after high school, kind of, you know, never planning to return to Iowa, um, as most young people do. (laughs) And, uh, you know, one of those things. Um, so I went out to California for a little while and was a nanny and took a little schooling and then ended up coming back to, um, Iowa to go to the university of Iowa for business. Um, and, you know, plan to kind of just do that, uh, kind of had interest in HR, um, and management fields. And then kind of through some unfortunate turns of events, um, my dad's, uh, business partner and brother passed away real suddenly. And so there was an opportunity for me to come back and help him in the family insurance business. And voila, those things you never say you'll do. Um, I'm back in my hometown. (laughs) So, um, I, I came back in 2001 and joined, you know, my dad as the fourth generation of McKay insurance and, you know, really enjoyed that business, uh, built it up, you know, with a great, 
we had a specialty in silent sports insurance. So we, we wrote coverage for bicycle events, oh. uh, bike races, bike tours, and then also like cross-country skiing and dragon boat races and all kinds of weird things. Yeah. Um, while also having a pretty normal small town insurance agency that did, you know, home and auto and business insurance, et cetera. Yeah. So, so you, you had this like family business base already to, to yeah. you mm-hmm. when, when you started this. Okay. So I interrupted. Yeah. I'll let you keep going. No, that's fine. It's kind of a, a rambling story, but I guess to cut to it really quick was, you know, we, through the insurance agency owned a building and then we bought another building because we kind of needed to expand and move a tenant out of our building so we could use it. Um, and then the building next to that came for sale and we decided to buy it and really just kind of that idea of, Hey, somebody's got to help develop this small town. So, um, it's in our business interest and in our personal interest to, to do that. And nobody rented the building. Nobody knew what to do with it. We kind of got tired of paying taxes and insurance mm-hmm. on it. Mm-hmm. And my dad one day was like, I think we should start a brewery. Um, <laughs> okay, and that was it. I'm was guessing like, this stems uh, out of a, a love for beer maybe or? <laughs> not, not so much. I mean, my dad, you know, we all liked beer. Um, it was my dad, my husband at the time and myself were the owners of the insurance business and the, the, properties. Um, Scott uh, had homebrewed a little bit. My dad really had just read something in the Wall Street Journal. I mean, we'd all traveled quite a bit. We liked Mm -hmm. beer, but you know, there wasn't any giant passion for beer or brewing or that was never a a thought or a dream ahead of him kind of reading this article. He mentioned it. Scott thought it was a great idea. I thought it was ridiculous. Um, (laughs) And then all good ideas are in the beginning. Yeah, it's and, and really it culminated into, well, it, it can be something that creates an economic spark. We can kind of like with our insurance business, we can create a business here, but sell a product, you know, far and wide um, outside of our small town in Knoxville so that we can bring the money back home, mm-hmm. um, but still be able to have a sustainable business. We could create a place for art and culture. We could create a spot where, you know, we could drive some tourism back to Knoxville and really, I think at the end of the day, it was about how do we create another point of pride for our community? Because as small towns, um, so often we get kind of run down and, and pushed down and forgotten. And, you know, your residents um, and your community just kind of starts to get this negative attitude about themselves. And so it was like, well, how can we kind of shine that up and give us one more reason to be proud of this great little community that we're in? Yeah. So let me ask you this, just to paint a picture, because our listeners are from all over the country. Um what size of town is Knoxville that we're talking about? So Knoxville is a town of about 7,500 people. Mm-hmm. Um, the population has um, gone down over the last few years. We lost one of our largest employers, which was the VA hospital about um, 15, 20 years ago. It's kind of been a slow drain. So mm. um, our population has gone down since that happened. And the thing that we're really well known for, a couple of things, one is we're the birthplace of the Iowa flag, which we probably don't tap that enough. Um, but the other one that we're really well known for is we are the sprint car capital of the world. Mm -hmm. Um, we host the Knoxville nationals every August. We have people from all over the world, all over the nation, um, that come to visit us. We probably get about 40,000 visitors for that, um, five to 10 day period. So, you know, again, very small, very rural. Um, if you know anything about sprint cars, they love to drink beer, but it's typically, your mass-produced uh, right, light right, right, like the Coors so Light drinkers. Really not a craft yeah. beer crowd. Uh, crowd mm-hmm. here in Knoxville. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, well, thought we were crazy. Yeah, and and I mean, over the last decade, mm-hmm. I I know that there have been uh, obviously a lot of entrants into this market. But when did you start your brewery? Like you've you've been around longer than um, most of the people I can think of, at least in our area. And probably before this yeah. was like, you know, I don't want to call it a trendy thing, but you know, the the more visible thing that it has become. Sure. Yeah. So we this was March of two thousand nine. We decided to do this. Um, we opened our tap room that October. So it's okay. been ten years right now. Um, we really celebrate our anniversary of. Um, March of 2010, since that's when we went into full production and we're actually starting to distribute. So yeah, right at 10 years, um, just to give a little perspective, I think when we opened, there were 1,500 breweries in the United States. Um, There were 25 in Iowa, maybe four or five of them were actually packaging and putting it out onto store shelves. 
And uh, today, fast forward, I think we're at, it changes every day, but like 7,500 breweries in the U.S. Um, I know that we just did a big toast last week for our 100th brewery in Iowa. Oh, wow. So huge growth, um, a lot of change, a lot more awareness. But yeah, it was, people didn't really know what we were doing 10 years ago. Yeah. Well, um, I, I will tell you that I can still remember the first time I had a Blonde Fatale, which is one of your beers. Yes, that I, is a very popular one, I assume. You told me the story when yeah. we were down there. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're wonderful. I um, I have to like be aware of how many I drink, um, as does anybody, right? But I yeah. love them. I so still remember good. like the first time I tasted this, I'm like, this beer is is amazing. And I, I guess maybe my hair's blonde, so maybe I like relate to the name of it or something right. a little bit too. <laughs> but um, yeah, I still... I I still can remember it. So um, it's definitely been visible, I think, in our community and um, and to me for, for quite some time. So we are going to get going to break, but I have a lot more questions and discussion coming up with Megan here about her entrepreneurship journey. Um, obviously, there's probably been a lot more to the story over the past 10 years, but as a reminder for any of you who are, you know, looking for something to do November 15th, we've got our 20th and final grow event, which is a day long event of encouragement, empowerment, inspiration for young women who are engaged or involved or interested in agriculture, food or science. And so head over to our website, farmher.com, get your tickets. They're going fast. We'd love to see you there. Stick with us. We'll be right back. everybody. This is Margie Geiler-Alanis from Shining Bright by Farm Her. I want to tell you about a friend, a community member, a business owner that we really believe in. Our house was kind of a shell when we bought it and we've been working on updating and changing and adding things on. And we found a local contractor that we can trust, that we love the work that they do. And that is Remodel Works. Check them out at remodelworksdb.com. They're right here in central Iowa. You'll love them. are back here on Shining Bright and Aaron and I are talking with Megan McKay of Peace Tree Brewing, which for any of you who aren't in Iowa, it is a, a wonderful brewery that we've had here for, um, as uh, she just told us, the last 10 years. And um, so Megan, I, I want to kind of go back a little bit. Earlier, you told us that, you know, this your dad had this idea and it all came about because there was a building, right? Like it was like sitting there and you needed to figure out what to do with it. So uh, let's create a business around that. And um, so at that time, was there anything else in your world that made you say, um, I'm not sure, or someone that gave you mm-hmm. a push or something that gave you a push to go, I'm going to jump into this and jump in with both feet? Well, I think part of it at that time was maybe just, you know, this opportunity of the building, but also um, that being scared of like kind of dying away in a small town and, and never having anything cool and interesting to do um, or not, you know, having a way to attract and retain new people so that we could get new insurance customers so that we could get, um, you know, new friends and family and all of that sort of thing. So it was really kind of twofold, but um I don't know. It just seemed like an exciting, fun thing to do. Really, uh, I I don't think we knew exactly what we were getting ourselves into at the time. <laughs> we hatched this idea in March, and like I said, we were open in October. Yeah. Wow, and had quick production going a year later. So, wow. had we thought a whole lot about it, I don't know if we would have ever done it. But um, yeah, I love that. I think that's a that's a good thing to highlight right there. Yeah, don't yeah. think too much it, about it. Just jump in. Just roll your sleeves up and then yeah. start. You know, getting obstacles out of the way. Um, and I'd gotten an MBA a few years before. And so my dad had kind of, you know, thrown that gauntlet down of, well, you have your MBA, go write the business plan, figure it out. Um, <laughs> no pressure. So we just, just do it. Just did do it. it. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, originally it was going to be kind of this just hodgepodge thing and, you know, we'd make a little beer and then we'd send it out and no big deal. And um, it's actually a really complicated industry. It's um, there's a lot of different pressures from a lot of different places, both, you know, in how you get to market in, you know, the large players in the market. And then of course there's a lot of political things that kind of come into play with that as well. So Mm -hmm. it's been a challenging and interesting journey, 
I'm for sure, sure. I'm sure you've learned more than mm-hmm. you could have ever guessed um, as you yeah. navigated yeah. through it. So let, let's talk about that a little bit. I mean, where do you go for your education? How do you find your networks? How, how do you create those? Because that, that's where it all happens, right? Is getting to know somebody or working your way yeah. into some other organization or something. So how do you go about that to, to open up those doors for yourself? Well, I think originally, um, you know, I really took a, a page book from the independent insurance agents. They had a very strong um, industry group, very strong lobbying group. And so we kind of started looking for where that was in the brewing world. And it happened to be a brewers association on a national level. Um, statewide, you know, there was a, a very small brewers guild. Um, I think when we showed up to the first meeting, it was Scott, Joe, our brewmaster and myself, um, <laughs> And we were three of like the six people at the meeting yeah. and that was it. Oh um, but it yeah. was a really small group of dedicated people. The first thing they did was get the limit lifted so that we could brew um, over 6.25% ABV, which is where Blonde Fatale came from. Right. Um, you know, and then since then that. we've been able to put a festival on and do all these other things. And we now have two full-time staff with our Brewers Guild. It's a, you know, mm-hmm organization that has a lobbyist that does a lot of things, but that's just so important for, for an industry, especially a, a small one like craft beer. Yep. Um, and then, you know, I try to go to a lot of different, I wouldn't say networking events, but just, you know, kind of places you can get inspiration and, and feel like, oh, you're not alone. But mm-hmm. the event we met at Margie, you know, was yes. an example of that, just really highlighting small business owners and the challenges and opportunities, I think, um, is important to kind of know that you're not in it alone because um, yep. it can be kind of a, a hard, lonely spot sometimes. It does. It, I mean, I have that all the time, even though like I, I know this, I'm not in it alone, but it, it can be very isolating mm-hmm. and you can yeah. feel like, you know, like this decision that's in front of me seems like the biggest one ever and it could make everything yeah. crash when in reality, every, everyone in small business deals with those things. Right. And I, yeah, I think that's, they probably do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think it's, it's been a little hard. So five years ago I bought out, um, my dad and, and Scott and I sold out of the insurance business. And so I kind of doubled down on the, you know, entrepreneur thing and, Interesting. um, decided that, Oh, this is how I'm going to make my retirement and put my kids through college. And so yeah. the pressure is a little bit greater. Um, and it is a little more, you know, I'm totally independent on my own, but on the other hand, um, we can make decisions pretty quick and, um, I've been able to assemble a good team, you know, internally. So that's been great. Let me ask you this, when you had that big decision in front of you, right. If you were going to like double down, right. And and Mm -hmm. really jump in with like everything you have, um, how, how did you come to that decision? I think sometimes those decisions seem so difficult and they float out there and, and you don't know, did you have some tools to assess it? Did you have some consultants on the, mm-hmm. on the side? Did you, did you just look at the experience um, of the business? You know, it, part of it was just looking at where we were with the business. Uh, we were making about 2,500, 3,000 barrels of beer a year. And you just looked at it and you said, there's no way we can support, um, you know, up until that point, none of the owners had really taken any money out. None of us was getting a salary. Uh, And all of a sudden now this is my sole source of income. (laughs) So there was some need to make some changes. Yeah. How to grow this. Yeah. Um, And I think just, you know, I really have always appreciated Joe, our brewer uh, and his attention to quality and innovation and, you know, what he wants to do and kind of his vision for the beer side of it. Um, And I give him full credit for that. But it was like, how do I keep his dream and passion moving forward if we don't keep growing this thing and doing some things that allow him to have some freedom to create um, and also to make sure that we're still really relevant to beer drinkers, Yeah, mm-hmm. um, not just in Knoxville, but in Iowa. Yeah. So so you hit the expand button when, when you did yep. this. I'm guessing from the outside looking yep. in, you have multiple locations now. And uh, uh, that's like another level of scary, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, and again, kind of jumped in with both feet. Uh, didn't didn't probably plan that as well as we could have, but um, I, it was the right thing to do. I don't regret it. Um, but yeah, we went from one brewery with one tap room to um, two breweries and three tap rooms within the course of a year in 2016. Wow, um, and that was all in a course of 2017. a 2017. And you're still standing, so, and you have hair like on your head. You. You're thriving, <laughs> yeah. right? Yep. You can do yeah, it. we're getting there. Um, you know, it seems like there's always a challenge if your tap rooms are doing well, then wholesale is having a, a hard time or vice versa. Yeah. But I think it's just, I call it whack-a-mole. You know, you sign, 
whichever one's jumping up and screaming at you the loudest is where you focus your energy. And then you get some structure and foundation put in place for that and move on to the next thing that you need to address. And it's, um, it's constant, you know, I, I can feel myself getting a little tired here and there, but I, I think in general, it's invigorating to always have Mm -hmm. problems to solve and opportunities to, to chase. I think that's the bizarre thing about entrepreneurs, right? Like it is invigorating to have a problem to solve. Like, what is wrong yeah. with me? Why? What, I why do I do it's this kind myself? Of a sickness. <laughs> right. It is. Um, so we have just about a minute left here, Megan. Uh, I would love just real quick if you could give advice to another woman who's thinking of starting her own dream. Mm-hmm. What would that be? And then make sure to tell everyone where they can uh, find Peace Tree, uh, maybe online. Sure. Um, you know, I think the biggest things are that, it, that have guided me are just, you know, be authentic, be who you are and really, you know, soul search about that because you're going to have the best opportunity to put forward the right product or service if it's coming from a place of, of realness. Um, and then tenacity. I think people just give up too quickly sometimes mm-hmm. and you just have to figure out how to dig deep. And when it gets hard, you just have to dig deeper and keep going. Um, so those would be kind of my two big ones. Yeah. And uh, as far as where to find Peace Tree, you can find us at peacetreebrewing.com. And we're all over Facebook and Twitter um, with all kinds of different uh, handles for our tap rooms and our, our main brewery. So, okay. Yeah, right. Peace Tree. I love it. Thank, yeah, thank you, you, Megan, so for much. sharing your story today. Thank you so much. Appreciate you having me on. Hey guys, this is Margie from Farm Her. I want to remind you all that we have some really fun, functional, cute merchandise out on our store at farmher.com. And fall has arrived in the Farm Her market. We've got some new sweatshirts, hoodies, one of my favorite windbreakers out there. So check it out at farmher.com. And while you're there, be sure to use the code SHININGBRIGHT and save 10% just for our listeners. We are back here on Shining Bright and in the same vein of women and entrepreneurs and women in business and um, all things that go along with that. We are now talking with Christy Jones of uh, R. Jones Auto Body. I had to stop and think about the name. It gets messed up quite a bit. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So welcome. Um, So just so everybody knows, the way that Christy and I met was uh, through this Goldman Sachs class that I chatter about a lot here Mm -hmm. on Shining Bright, um, because it was a a pretty big life-changing experience for me. Um, And uh, so we met through that. And I think that's one of the beauties of of that organization and and maybe that class specifically, or or maybe it's it's across the board on um, things like this for entrepreneurs. But like your business and my business have zero to do with right, each other. Right. Yeah. Uh, we can relate over the difficulties that exist in any small business. Right. There you are know. many, unfortunately, yeah. but <laughs> many challenges. Many, but many good things too. I've come to realize about myself that I think the challenges like I'm, I'm like a sick person that like kind of likes it. Right. If it's right. not there, I don't know what to do. I mean, right, you're kind of lost. You're yeah. like, hey, what am I going to do today? Yeah. What am I going to fix or what am I going to change? We yeah. are creating a whole new challenge for ourselves, mm-hmm. but it seems exciting. Right, what in right. the heck are we doing? Right. It, never, it never ends. No, but it keeps it going, though. I know. What right. else am I going to do? Right, right. exactly. Right. <laughs> yeah, I, I got to have something. So, anyway, so we met there. And so, Christy, why don't you um, introduce yourself a little bit? Tell a little bit about who you are and sure. what your business is. Sure. So, um, Again, I my name is Christy Jones, and I own R. Jones Collision One. We are a um, almost fifty year old body shop uh, located on Merle Hay Road in Urbandale, and um, I am a owner now. Was a employee at one time, and then was a daughter of the owner or a family member of the owner at one time before I was an employee, but. Um, no. So I, um, I grew up in the body shop. My dad and my uncle owned it. Uh, they began, uh, they started the business in 1971 and, and, uh, uh, involved my mom in the business and, uh, it was a whole family affair. Yeah. Uh, so it was, uh, 
late nights uh, working on payroll and jobs. And, so you grew up uh, this way. Grew, this is just the right, way that yeah, life I, is. Right. So why not do it? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I don't necessarily bring home payroll anymore to do, but yeah. uh, like my mom did in the handwritten ledger oh wow. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so grew up with it. It was it was everything that um, it was surrounding, surrounding me. I My first car I had to help, um, we went and picked out and... It was wrecked, and so of course it was. Yeah, because if you can that's get a good do. deal, probably right, exactly. And that's what you do, and so. then you can fix it, and then I can fix <laughs> it. And yeah, that was not a pleasant experience. But oh uh, my gosh, let me ask yeah. you this: Did you learn how to do auto body work, or was it more just stuff around like um, the the business side of it? So uh, no, no auto body work. I mean, okay. I did do some some work on my first Your car, car, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, which I I've. I blocked from my memory because it <laughs> must have been that bad. Oh my <laughs> yeah. gosh, you're right. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, that is about the only body work I do. Uh, but um, no, so I, the really, I'd say I learned my osmosis. Uh, so I came into the business uh, in 2001. My uh, mom got sick okay. and she was unable to work. And dad really needed somebody that could could take over for her. She did the accounting. She did payables, receivables, payroll, and he needed somebody he could trust to do that. And he just didn't have anybody uh, at the shop at that time. So I came, came back to, uh, to Iowa and, uh, and helped out. Were you off doing something else? You said you came back to Iowa. Yeah, I was, uh, you, I was in Charlotte, North Carolina, living my NASCAR dream. uh, Well, it wasn't really a dream, but I wanted to get into NASCAR. Ended up working for an engine builder out there, uh, who, um, built engines for some cars on the track. And it was pretty cool just to learn the, the whole culture out there. It's very, um, very family oriented. You've got to know mm-hmm. people who know yeah, people to get, yeah. to get in it. And, and I knew it probably wasn't going to be a long-term thing after I got out there and, and experienced, and experienced it. it. Yeah. yeah. I knew it'd be pretty hard to stay in it. So, mm-hmm. um, it was good. It was good. You know, the unfortunate thing is my mom got sick, but yeah. it was good that I came back home and was able to spend time with her yeah. before she passed away. And then was able to, you know, to help dad mm-hmm. uh, at the shop really. And mm-hmm. so that's what really got me you know, into the business. Yeah. yeah. It's just always Need. been a part of your life. I mean, right. even as you right. jetted off to North Carolina. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. it was cool. Cause uh, I'd been around car bodies my whole life, but I never yeah. been around engines, engines before. So yeah. I was like mesmerized. Cause I was like, I don't know this stuff. This is what makes cool. the car body go. Right. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Well, it sounds like you've uh, had a comfort level in working in a world that has probably right. not been traditionally female right. uh, oriented. I don't from, know anything yeah, but yeah, yeah. yeah. You wouldn't even <laughs> Know it's what just to what do. you've done, you, right? Yeah, no, right, exactly. Uh, I, I love it, and, and I think that that's the key, right? Like you are mm-hmm. no different. Like you're just there. Right. That's I, what yeah. you do. Um, so let me ask you this: At what point did you know, like, I'm gonna stay here, and I don't want to just work here, but I want to uh, talk to uh, yeah to dad about ownership of this? So that that came in two different kind of time frames. I um I knew uh, long term I would be there when um I. I confronted my dad and I said, Hey, we need to hire somebody to write estimates for us. Cause we were not, that that's a lifeblood, um, really of the, of the shop. We've got to bring cars in and, uh, we couldn't find somebody. Um, so I said, Hey, I'm like, I'm here for the long haul. Let's do this. So I essentially moved over to writing estimates. Um, and I did accounting too, um, did it all pretty much, but, uh, except for answer the phone. So, um, yeah. So, and I learned by osmosis really, you know, at that it's just time, always there yeah, soaking in all I, the time. Right. I, I knew if you have to replace the fender, we replace the fender. I knew if we had to repair it, you know, it was kind of, um, I knew by then. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, and I, that was gosh, 2005, six, something like that. And it ended up being another, uh, five, six years and dad and Richard were starting to talk about retiring, but they really didn't know yeah. how to do it. What that looked yeah. like. They, they didn't. didn't. I mean, plan. cause they were, they didn't plan and mm-hmm. they didn't, and that wasn't wrong. They no, just didn't know they no. had to plan. Right, and back, absolutely. back in the seventies, when you're starting out, you don't, you're just, they weren't thinking about that. There's no exit strategy. No, no there in. wasn't. So, uh, I pretty much was like, Nope, this is, this is, I'm their exit strategy. Yeah. And, and so, and I wanted to do it. And so I approached them, uh, and said, Hey, let's, let's get you out of here. Cause they were getting pretty grumpy by that, yeah, that time. They didn't want to be there. Yeah. And I said, and I, and I want to take this over. And mm-hmm. so, so let's make that happen. So, yeah. Uh-huh. Well, I, I think those conversations can be real hard from the get go too, right? Mm-hmm. Because you're like, uh, 
you don't want it to seem like you're taking something away from right. them if right. they're not ready. Yeah, that's like just what they built. Pull. Yeah, you know, right. they built this business, this awesome business for 40 plus years. And of course, I want to buy it for as cheap as possible. Right. Right. And they want to sell it for, for as, as much, much as, as possible. possible. And yet you know? you're still family. And yeah, you're family. Yeah. And, so, yeah. and-, and we're still talking. So everything <laughs> yes. worked out. Yeah. You know, yeah. I'm, you know, everybody I'm sure walked away from the table going, oh, I paid a little too much or I didn't, I didn't you know, enough, but, or, yeah. you know, there was no hard feelings. And it was very friendly, easy to terms and Mm -hmm. and that they um you know that we all agreed on so that's good that's good. Communication is the key. Is right. There hearing, was lots right? Like, of meetings. Bring it up. Talk, lots of meetings. Work it, work it yeah. out. Yeah. yeah. Go back yeah. and yeah. Uh, a, a lot of sitting at the table talking. Okay. Well, we've got more to talk to Christy about here when we come back on Shining Bright. But right now, I want to remind you all, we are having our 20th and final Grow event of the series of events that we call Grow because they help grow young women interested, involved, engaged in agriculture, food, science. Uh, you name it as it relates to to all those things. And so that is in Ankeny, Iowa on November 15th. And um, tickets are available right now on farmher.com. Just head over to our website, click on the events tab, and you will be able to get your tickets, see the agenda. We are going to be filming a TV show there too. So yeah, uh, no big deal oh, no. there That's for our last deal. one. Yeah. So farmher.com, check it out. We'll be right back here on Shining Bright. Hey, this is Melissa with Tenriff Market. Just want to share with you some of the products we make using goat's milk from our family farm. We make a variety of soaps and lotions using the goat's milk along with other natural ingredients, adding essential oils and fragrances to give them that amazing smell. Some of the scents to choose from are lavender oatmeal, double mint, eucalyptus spearmint, sweet orange, and many more. We also make a variety of lip balm, lip scrubs, and sugar scrubs. If you'd like to find out more, please check us out at www.tinroofmarket.com, like us on Facebook, or follow us on Instagram. Welcome back to Shining Bright. We are back here with Christy Jones of R. Jones Collision One. Did yes, I get that right yep, that time? Yep, okay, good. Uh, which is right here in central Iowa in Urbandale, which is uh, close to home for us. And um, we've been talking about kind of like this family business aspect, mm-hmm. but um, we got through that, right? Like you, you purchased the business. And one of the things, you know, that um, if you Google like barriers to women entrepreneurs, right? Like mm-hmm. one of the first things you always see is capital. Right. And mm-hmm. I often wonder, um, I, I get like, especially if you're starting a brand new business or something like that, you know, that, that there can be maybe difficulties, but I often wonder, cause I've, I've been experiencing this myself. Is it an assumption that I can't get capital or can I actually get capital? Like, (laughs) will someone lend me money for a dream Mm -hmm. that I have? You know, so did you have to deal with that or did you just work through a family situation of financing the business when you bought it? Sure. Uh, so we kind of looked at all um, aspects of it, um, but because I did purchase the business, it wasn't um, given to me. So uh, we actually ended up going with the um, uh, the contract route. So um, you know, I really I did not have to take out a loan. We we're paying for it based on cash flow. I've been able to to um, to. My sales are, are good okay. enough that I'm able to cover, um, you know, their payment every month. So yeah. uh, it's, uh, I've been um, blessed that I didn't have to take out a loan. Mm-hmm. And, but I will tell you, um, I bought the business. I didn't buy the building or the land uh, yet. Uh, oh. I get to do that next year. So okay. I'm actually in that capital raising. Um, yeah. uh, Searching and exploring Yeah, search. And so. Mm-hmm. Um, and I will tell you, my bank, um, has been wonderful. Um, they already pretty much said, yep, you've got it. Just when do we need to sign on the dotted line? So, um, you know, I think relationships, um, uh, just are such a positive when it comes to, um, uh, you know, one getting money and yes, in trust. And, and I've, we've banked with them for quite a long time and actually they were just right next door to the shop. So, I mean, it was just a a local bank. Yeah. Local bank. And, um, you know, I know the, the, the lenders, I know the tellers, I know everybody there, uh, in dad golfs with the president. So it's, you know, it's, it's nice. And, 
Um, and I also have good uh, industry partners as well, too, that are offering um, help with capital as well, too. Um, our paint company's got a really good um, program oh. that they can set up to, to help us with capital. Oh, that's so, interesting. Yeah. So there's some programs yeah. even through. Yeah. And it, it, we just, learned, I, I just learned about of. it. Yeah, exactly. I did too. And you know, they've been, they've been helping people raise capital for a long time. And, and I'm now that I need it, I'm asking. So, yeah. and they're willing to give it. So it's pretty cool. It's yeah. an interesting thing. Once you open up that door, right. Mm-hmm. Of like, yeah. what can I do? Right. It's hard to know until you ask, I guess. Yeah, yeah is, exactly. Is the thing that I would pull out of that. I mean, for myself, for you, for anybody else right. out there listening, right? Like, yeah, you and don't if, know until you try. Yeah, and if you don't, yeah, you don't know until you ask. And and uh, like I said, I wasn't I wasn't aware of what my paint company do, do for me. It's pretty cool. Yeah, uh, what they can. Yeah, very cool. Okay, so um, you you have a business, you have it financed. So what year did you really take over the reins? You may have already sure. said this. Yeah, um, actually, I, I haven't. I actually bought the business in 2015, March of 15. Okay. So I've got a five year buyout plan with my um, dad, and my uncle. So mm-hmm. March of uh of 2020 is close. Yeah, yes, I'm so excited. I just kind of want to write that check right and be now. Done. Yeah. yeah, no kidding, right? <laughs> I mean, it, it's exciting, right? Because yeah. yeah. it's kind of just one one more thing off your back because right. uh, then you can move forward maybe in some different ways. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so the program we went through, obviously the focus is on growth of your right. business, right? Like, uh-huh. um, which is funny because our business actually like retracted, right. but, but to yeah. open up the ability mm-hmm. to grow in other ways, you know, I guess I always like to mention that. Right, right. But, but <laughs> Sometimes you got to step back, yeah. to step forward, too, yeah. you know. So the, the focus is growth. So um, what has growth looked like for you right. over the last four years and, and where are you going and, and how are you navigating it? Right, right. So, you know, my growth uh, really has been just um, uh, controlled growth in the in the business. And that's bringing in more cars for more money. Mm-hmm. You know, and so we're working hard with it every day uh, with my from my front of house staff to my back of house um, technicians of what how can we get this job a bigger job and how can we get more cars through here? So quicker, mm-hmm. um, faster and um, more expensive. Yeah. Um, bad for everybody else, but <laughs> good for me. For you. <laughs> right. yeah. Operations, right? Operations, right. Where the hitches are right. and the giddy up and, exactly. and getting so those out of there. We have been doing a very good job and actually um, I'm really proud of my guys. We just hit sales uh, last week of what we did in all of 2018. Congratulations. Last week. Amazing. So the rest of the stuff is gravy, you know, so it's just, um, it's exciting. And so, but I'm at capacity uh, in my shop right now. So I can't, um, I can bring in a couple more cars, but I'm not going to be able to bring in enough vehicles per month to be able to get what I really need to continue to continue. So, Um, my growth plan is to, to acquire or to build, mm-hmm. um, more body shops in and the same so, area in the, in the same area. area. Yeah. yeah. So I'm actually partnering with another body shop owner. He and I have known each other for years. And so we're going to, um, start either acquiring or building body shops and, and just growing, um, growing the city. And so, um, we kind of dominate. Will and, that be called our Jones one? Will, uh, will you know, expand? probably one collision Iowa is probably what it'll be called. Yeah. So, uh, collision Iowa somewhere around in that. Yeah. So, yeah. I gotcha. Um, yeah. so you, and, and it just struck me, I mean, you have experience coming into a shop and kind of figuring right. out like a plan of how to move that forward. Right. I mean, yeah. for some of those people out there who might be ready to retire, I got to imagine that. Oh yeah. That, and there's plenty of them out there. Yeah. yeah. It's the city's ripe for, um, for some acquisitions. Um, a lot of old technicians that are mm-hmm. been doing it for a while and are just are like my dad and my uncle yeah. tired. They're you know, tired. They, they just want to get out and they, um, you know, don't have the, you know, I, they they may not have the the funds or they may not have somebody to take to it over, and, over. Yep. and or you know family mm-hmm. things like that so yeah. yeah it's it's pretty exciting um i'd say the next 5 years you're going to see probably two or three more shops and um, hey. yeah so Right. Getting capital and uh, employees and training and all this stuff that we learned in this in the yeah. Goldman Sachs ten thousand small business program yeah. is exactly what we needed for me to start building up new shops and and new processes and um, I was I was amazed with the program yeah. um, such a great foundation in order to to make sure you've got a good solid foundation in order to jump off of. 
Have you done um, any entrepreneurial programs like that before? I have I, not. I hadn't either. Mm-hmm. It was new to me. No, most of my stuff was industry stuff. I really yeah. hadn't gone back to school like that and focused for a on long your time. business. Yeah, that was my thing. This whole Goldman yeah. Sachs, how cool that you get to stop and back away and just focus mm-hmm. on your own business. Yeah, right, like, and we don't do that, you know, ever. You don't we're ever get a so, chance to do yeah. that. You're just going. Yeah, right, right, mm-hmm. exactly. And so it was cool. I mean, so there's a lot of things that I've learned that I need to improve still to. Uh, on my business in order to make sure that I'm going to be able to grow other businesses as well. So. I, I'm with you. I'm with you. Yeah. <laughs> I just pulled the notebook back out yesterday. Know, right? Yeah. Cause it's it, uh, the, the daily dregs help mm-hmm. you easily forget, like, or not forget, but just, you know, it gets pushed off over here. Right. Right. And, uh, you know, for us, I think it's, it's not just continuing the learning, but like figuring out how to keep it in front of you right, too. Right. And so we, we just went, Aaron, Aaron, Aaron is my pusher. So uh, <laughs> good, good. Yeah, she pushed me to join the class and she pushed me the other day to sit down and like, uh, open l- back up the book l- again. L- yeah. Let's dig down into this growth strategy. Yeah, Cause you and, knew and, there was probably some things you wanted to do, but you've probably forgotten what they were. Yeah. And, yeah. Or, or, you know, you, you start to dig into what you think you're going to do and you're like, that's not going to work the way that I thought it was. Mm-hmm, so right. it's not a barrier. It's just a, a yep. slight hurdle, right? Yeah, or and a different turn. Figure that you out to take. The, yep, yeah. a different pivot. path. Yep. Yeah. I okay. like that pivot. I know. <laughs> Quick pivot. Um, so we're going to be back. We've got uh, the wrap up coming up here. And I, um, y- you might all be thinking, Christy's in an industry, obviously, that, that there's not a lot of women. And maybe as a woman, it's intimidating to approach this industry as well. So we're going to talk a little bit about that in the wrap up. So stick with us here on Shining Bright. Next week on Shining Bright, we're going to be talking to some women who are forging their own path. So with hard work and perseverance, we're going to be talking to Rosalind Fox, who earned her master's in industrial engineering and is making waves in her career at John Deere. And then we're going to be talking to two young women who are officers for the state FFA here in Iowa and hear all about their journey. So don't miss it on Shining Bright by Farmher. We are wrapping it up here on Shining Bright. And um, as I said, when we left the last segment, you know, um, there's there's a lot of things about women in this industry. Number one, I tried to Google about women-owned auto body shops before this. <laughs> I didn't episode. find much. No, yeah. <laughs> it was it's impossible. I suppose there are so few out yeah. there, right? I mean, this is this is definitely not a a thing that is mm-hmm. super common. But I think as a person who's been in my fair share of accidents, <laughs> <laughs> not all my fault, I'd like to point out, um, my car is like a, I don't know, I feel like it's a beacon for people to hit. Um, but anyway, um, you know, sometimes like I go into a shop and I still like I, I have an issue with my car that I need to take in. And I'm like, Tony, I don't know how to tell them. And I tried to tell them once and they looked at me like I was a lunatic and they mm-hmm. couldn't figure out the problem. And that's more on the mechanic side. Right. But, right. um, well, but I think it transfers. Yeah. You know, so what is it that you as a woman owner can bring to this situation sure. that, that we all face, right. That's not exclusive to here in Iowa right. and maybe some things that you've done to help women feel comfortable. Right. I think, um, even I feel intimidated, right. you know, going into a mechanic shop, especially if I don't know them. Right. Um, you know, there's, I don't want to get taken advantage right. of, and I'm I not have, sure what I'm talking, I'm not right. sure that you're going to be able to see my issue. Right. And you know, and I'm speaking the truth, but you're not going to, you know, how yeah. do you trust me enough? And I don't trust you enough. And so, <laughs> you know, women feel intimidated. Yeah. And so, you know, I try to, um, my first goal is to let them feel at ease, you know, so our, sh- our front office looks like a front office. It doesn't look like a body shop. It doesn't look like a service department where you're hearing, you know, the cars and the, um, the tools going off all the time. And so it's, it's quiet. It's, it's nice. It's, it's welcoming. Com- welcoming. You don't walk into the yeah. shop floor because that no. happens a lot. Mm-hmm. And that, yeah. especially the service, service departments. Yeah, yeah right. exactly. And yeah. where do you go? And, yeah. and so, you know, just to make them feel comfortable. And I, and I, educate them, you know, and because you're coming in with no knowledge and I do this all day, every day. So, um, you know, I just let, 
give you guys some some examples. This is what's going to happen. This is how we paint the car. This is how we right. do things like that. And so just giving them a little bit of knowledge so they feel more comfortable right. um, coming back or, um, you know, or going into another facility and trusting mm-hmm. that. So, yeah. Yeah. I think knowledge is power, right? Knowledge like it gives power, you a little yeah. bit of confidence yeah. to, okay, I can ask this question and I know I'm not going to be like right. a total lunatic right. for it. And they know. And I, and I tell them, I say, if you need help, you let me know. I will be your, I will be your backup. I'll stand right beside you and be like, Hey, you pay attention to this. Cause this is what's going on. Yeah. If you're, if you're feeling intimidated by somebody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I like it. Um, okay. So one other thing that, um, I happen to know you recently won an award uh, as yeah. uh, NABO is, mm-hmm. is National Association of Women Business Owners yes. yeah. as the Woman Biz- Owned Business of the Year yeah, here for Iowa. In Iowa. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. congratulations. Well, thank you. That's huge. Thank you. That there's a lot huge. of women owned businesses here that in is. Iowa. Yes. 88, 90,000, I think women owned businesses. Oh, that's I, all. I swear. To, yeah. So just, <laughs> I'm the only one, the first, the number one. Yeah. Right, you for, are. <laughs> yeah. That's something to super celebrate. Yeah. Uh, so on that note, um, I think, um, from my perspective, at least you've, you've made it part of your job mm-hmm. to network and right. to put yourself mm-hmm. out there. Yeah. Uh, when, or how did you decide that that was an important thing for you to do and what has it brought to your business? Right. So I joined about a year before, um, I bought the business cause I knew I needed to be in front of women because I've never been in front of women. Right. I don't, not in my industry. It's guys, you know, right. I walk into a room in industry event, it's all guys. Yeah. And so, which is very comforting to me and walking into a room full of women, not so comforting. Not so comforting. That's interesting. Right. Oh, right. Yeah. Well, that, oh yeah, yeah, it is. That's but, such an interesting perspective. Right. right. That's just what you've known. Exactly. You do. And, right. And so it was intimidating walking into that first meeting, mm-hmm. but as I walked out, it was so much love, so much, um, just, um, they want to help empower and educate and um, help other women because they've been in that same situation before. And so, you know, they didn't want anybody else feeling insecure or unworthy and things like that. So I joined right away. Um, it was great. It was an awesome organization. I encourage anybody who's a woman own business to get involved with NABO. It will, um, will change your life. It really will. Wow. N-A-W-B-O yep. is the acronym. Yep. Uh, and I'm sure it's all around the country. It's not yes. exclusive yep. to here in National Iowa. Organization. Um, it's been on my to-do list to yes. join since yes. Goldman Sachs. All and those I ladies in Goldman. Yes. Uh, but, but it matters. And whether it's that or something else, I do think mm-hmm. like being around other people that, that can help guide you, lift you up, right. be a sounding board, you yeah. know, I mean, it matters. Yep. Mm-hmm. It, it does. It makes it differences. Really yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Christy, thank you yeah. so thank much. You. Uh, how can people, thank you. How can people find you um, online or something? If, right. If- um, website, rjonescollision.com, um, rjonescollision1 on Facebook. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Look for us. Yeah. Look her up. And um, again, thank you for being here on Shining yeah, Bright. Thank it's you. Great perspective. This is fun. Yeah. yeah. And everybody else, thanks for sticking with us here this week on Shining Bright. You've been listening to Shining Bright by Farmhood. Be sure to listen Saturdays at noon and Sundays at 1 p.m. Eastern on SiriusXM's Rural Radio 147 and the SiriusXM app. And now, go shine bright.